0: welcome internet to the pixel play podcast a weekly gaming podcast for gamers by gamers i am one of your hosts kaylin aka Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host adam cs radical and chris at gin and chris this week we're going to be talking about when games give up their formulas we're going to be talking about how games that have kind of deviated from what originally they were uh and how we feel about it which ones have done it well which ones have done it poorly uh so yeah if you like that we post episodes every week Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you want to see our lovely faces as we do this, you can also find us on YouTube or Spotify. With that being said, gentlemen, let's get into it. How are we all doing this week? I'm curious to know what Adam's been playing. It's almost over. You're still (laughs) playing? I I I
1: know know it's almost over because, as someone who's played Cold Steel 4 before, I am so goddamn close to the end. I By hook or by crook, I will be playing Trails into Reverie by this weekend. There is no doubt in my mind whether, whether uh, NIS is nice enough to uh, gift us with a uh, review copy. <laughs> but uh, by hook or by crook, I am playing that fucking game this weekend. I've waited long nice. enough. I did the work. I know all the stories now. And by all the stories, I mean which characters I like. That's about it. But uh, yeah, it's almost over. I mean, actually, the only major thing that I did apart from that is uh, I finally watched something, which is unusual for me to do. Uh, I went on Netflix or not Netflix. uh, Why would I go on Netflix? That's that. No, that's bad money. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm going with Amazon here, but, you know, at least there's multiple uses for that. one. Take your poison. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, On Prime, I took a shot at uh, Three Pines, which was this random series that I was just kind of clicking around, looking at different shows that were on because I hadn't checked Prime video in forever. And I saw, oh, Alfred Molina. Haven't seen stuff from him in a little while, because my brain just immediately goes Doc Ock, because of course I am. I'm a giant freaking nerd. And I read the description and it's like small detective story or like a detective story in a small town in Quebec. And I'm like, ooh. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Looked at the trailer. I'm like, Alright. Alright. This is this is this is kind of curious. Put it on the wish list for something to watch a year from now. Turns out I end up watching it like maybe a month later. And I got into it, and Jesus, goddamn Christ! I was not expecting so much emotion in that. Holy shit! I didn't read the front. description well enough. They didn't mention the whole part about how, like, I mean, trigger uh, warning for some people. uh, How fucked up it is for Native Americans in this country.
0: Yeah, it's rough, man. Yeah, yeah, it definitely,
1: uh, it definitely takes a turn from like, oh, here's a cool murder mystery, to, Oh, by the way, here's how we fucked over a, a race of
0: people for centuries. <laughs> okay. Did you get, like, that nice, like, French, like, English accent? And everyone's like, Alain, what's going on here?
2: No, <laughs> well,
1: they weren't actually that bad. I mean, some people do speak both. Um, most of them that do speak French consistently on the show have pretty good uh, fluidity. Flu- uh, fluidity. I can't even say fluidity with my own language. You do not have fluidity, sir. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> they all did pretty, pretty well. I didn't I didn't think there was anybody that was, like, really phoning in. And even now for Melina, like, it was good enough. Like, I'm not expecting every person to walk in there and speak like they've spoken French their entire lives, but Hey, it is what it is. It's, it works for what it, what it does too. It's only eight episodes there. They don't take too much of your time out. Each case is also really nice to put together. The every two episodes is basically one murder case. So you get, oh, cool. you, you don't have to binge the entire show. You can just say, okay, I want to watch, you know, maybe a, maybe an hour and change, get, get a couple episodes and get one case done there's one murder case that goes through the entirety of the show. And then there's bit by bit there are every two episodes. So there are four murder cases in between. So it's, it's nice biteable chunks. I ended up watching two cases at a, on the night. And then the following day I ended up watching the other two. It honestly, doesn't require a lot out of you. And it actually ended up being a pretty nice watch. And like I said, yeah, it, there was a couple of moments where uh, I got pretty choked up, which I was not anticipating when I first clicked start on this thing, but for anybody who likes a good murder mystery, I would honestly suggest that quite a bit. And I mean, if you're a nerd, you're going to say any... All I have to do is say Alfred Malia and you're like, I'm in. I don't know what it is, but I'm in. 100% I'm in. <laughs> Doc awesome.
2: Ogg
0: solves murder. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds awesome. Um, Did you ever check out Citadel on, on Prime? I watched that. It's Chris, I think you would list. like that.
1: So it, it is definitely it
0: in there. It's, it's very much like list. a spy kind of like... It's very much like a James Bond thing in that it's a spy, but it's like that almost like comic book style spy mm-hmm. where it's like Ooh. over the top, kind of. Yeah, the trailer yeah. I
1: saw when I was messing around on Prime scene what was there, I looked at that and said, that's what I miss.
0: Yeah, I will be watching <laughs> you at some point. Yeah, Citadel is good. I, I recommend it. Jen, Jen. And I say that to you, Chris, because I know you're a James Bond fan and Jen is a huge James Bond fan uh, and she loved it. So I think you, it's something that you should check out as well.
2: Yeah, I probably will. I mean, it's already on my wish list, so I just got to watch later with list, whatever the heck it's called on Amazon. I don't know.
0: <laughs> watch list, yeah. You, you, yeah.
2: It's, it's your prime backlog. No, don't. No more backlogs. There is no now, There is no watching you backlog.
0: <laughs> you get the steam going while you're watching your backlog. There you go. You're killing two birds with one stone. That's uh, efficiency. That's two backlogs at once. Oh, True. that would yeah. be intense. Yeah, good luck yeah, focusing to on do. that
1: one.
2: Yeah, hard to do because I do have my Prime app installed on my PS5, and on there I have been playing Final Fantasy sixteen. So mm. I was, I was mean, gonna ask, I,
0: how, what have you been seeing in your backlog? What are you playing?
2: Well, I finished that theater rhythm game. I uh, I randomly stayed up last Friday night because I finally hit. Um, the la- I did it in order of difficulty, which is weird because the game is the same difficulty. It feels the whole time. Some songs are more difficult, but it's organized by game. So obviously there's going to be some high intense final boss battle music that's a lot more intense than like the map music, regardless of game. Um, but I hit some games I really liked, and I actually did buy a little bit of DLC. Uh, for a couple games it was like some of my favorite games of all time and it was like four dollars i was like i'm i'm just going to buy the chrono trigger and chrono cross soundtracks i'm going to do it so you have i have a problem uh, sir you have a problem it was not a problem it was the best night of my life okay it was great and uh i i did beat that and i forgot just how good like just a simple nice game like that is because it's I mean, I didn't play it docked on the TV much or anything like that. It very much is like a portable switch. I'd put on like some decent headphones because it's a game about music. Uh, And I would just kind of sit there and, I mean, on Friday night, I think it was like 2.30 in the morning when I was doing my final song. And I was like, I need to go to bed. I've been up very long today. Um, But yeah, it's definitely like a very nice, chill, relaxing game. If anybody likes Final Fantasy music, there's nothing you wouldn't like about this. It's literally a game about every Final Fantasy song you can possibly freaking think of. It has all the spinoffs, games that you wouldn't have expected to even be in there, including a couple mobile games where I was like, I'm just going to burn through these and then keep going because I don't care. Um, but yeah, like Adam, Final Fantasy fan that you are, Mythic Quest obviously was the greatest game to play music for in the game. So obviously. I'm offended. So that you say I thought,
0: thought you were off Fantasy Apple
1: fan. TV. It's Mystic Quest, man.
2: Oh, Mystic Quest, right. Mythic Quest is the show on... I get them confused because it's the same freaking name. Like, why did no one QC that before putting it out in the world? Because yeah. they're two but different yeah. letters. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> Fine. Uh, but yeah, Mystic Quest. I, the only thing that sucked about it was Mystic Quest had like seven songs while some... Like Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO, had 38 songs. And I was like, this isn't fair. Well, I get it has so there many may
1: be songs. recency bias. also like... What, four or five expansions now?
0: that is true also and no offense okay it, it, oh, it might also be a situation where it's just like the fact that you can't remember the title kind of indication that it doesn't have the
1: or
2: just the fact that most people
0: don't <laughs> like mystic quest so. <laughs>
2: mystic
0: Quest is so good
2: uh, well at least the music is um it,
1: it's funny too because yeah. like i i wish i was about to say i wish more games would do this and then i had to stop and went no most of the main ones that actually have like massive music backlogs have that Final Fantasy did yeah. it, obviously. They did the Chrono DLC. Kingdom Hearts has uh, Melody of Memories, I think it is.
2: I think that's what it's called, yeah. yeah but
1: uh, also Persona, ha- well, Persona has it, but it's more of remix, dancing all night stuff, which honestly I don't like because I've listened to most of the remixes. Mm. I actually don't like them that much because I think they kind of take away from it. But like, yeah. I-, I was about to think, like, man, what JRPGs don't do that? And I really stopped and went, eh, Trails, it's about it. That's all I can think of right now because most of the other ones are uh-huh. like, I mean, they have decent soundtracks. I don't. I can't think of many other games that I've personally played in the last little while that comes to mind anymore that isn't Final Fantasy at this point.
2: Yeah, I think Final Fantasy is the biggest one. Like, for example, in the game, there's three different Final Fantasy VII sets of songs. There's the original Final Fantasy VII, then they have this Final Fantasy VII spinoffs, like Crisis Core, Advent Children, believe it or not, okay. and then they have Final Fantasy VII Remake. So regardless of which Final Fantasy VII you want... You're going to get music from it. And as you play, like, there's little characters from the game. So you also get, like, Cloud and Tifa from normal Final Fantasy VII or Advent Children or from the remake. It's up to you. Uh, they kind of just make it, a you know, kind of fun like that. Um, is is there spirits that,
1: within music in it?
2: No, that <laughs> should be DLC. That should be in there. What the heck? No, no, no.
1: It's DLC, <laughs> but they pay you because you unfortunately went and saw that movie back in the day. So that's their way of owing it back to you. I like I
0: saw. that movie. I
2: saw it opening night. I
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like the movie. I don't but remember I mean, like, anything again. about
1: it, so that's a probably is as a good telling sign of how much I've tried to
0: repress that for my memory. Well, I mean, this is why I'm the bigger Final Fantasy fan than you are. This so. is yeah, this is a JRPG king here. That's what this yeah. is. <laughs> you know, honestly, like it just hit that point where like I was huge into art as a kid. Like I love. I wanted to grow up and be like an animator and do like video game cutscene animations that's what i wanted to do and i thought the animation was just mind-boggling and this came at like around the same time that like lincoln park's points of authority like oh yeah song came out and it just hit that vibe and i was like man i am totally on board with this movie was it good i don't know probably not but like i loved it i love the theme i love the art design i thought it was good but
2: yeah, the that's animation. I do remember the trailer back in the day. It was just like a close-up of an eyeball blinking. And the whole yeah. thing was like, is that a real eyeball? Or is that yeah. animation? Exactly. Whoa! And now you see it now, and you're like, <clears throat> oh, that's that's bad CG. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great at the time. Like... It was great at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, but TV, all, remember when like really did.
1: all that movie really did was just put me one step closer to the edge of not liking it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boo. 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 he says as he chris laughs. chris mute his mic <laughs> again mute his mic
2: all right here we go and <laughs> no <laughs> authorization got it <laughs> well um, i assume that also we've both been playing the same game as our main game yeah because you're yeah, mini
0: minigame no <laughs> i wish i don't have time for that no i'm still just <laughs> playing the one game i'm playing uh i am playing final fantasy 16 i'm liking it uh I gotta say, this game probably has one of if not the best soundtrack of all time. Like, not, like, there's other ones that have, like, better soundtracks, like, I think The Last of Us, like, I love, I think that's also one that stands out, but like, this one, almost anywhere you go has amazing music, like it's just phenomenal, that's the one thing I'm taking away from this. Some of the cracks are starting to show on this game, like, uh, I'm now that I've spent some time with it, like, I don't know, Chris, if you're like me, but like the game has a weird like valley in terms of like quality, like graphics and abysmal. Like sometimes it's like, oh, my God, this looks incredible. And sometimes I'm like, this looks like an early PS4 game. Like the lip syncing is totally terrible. Like it feels like you're just like two well done um, models on like a flat background like thing. It's just it's so weird that like. The chasm that this graphical like production goes through is ridiculous. Because like yeah. sometimes I'm like this looks amazing on a PS5. I can't, like this feels next gen, and sometimes I'm like this feels very much like a PS4.
1: Like the JRPG game is showing his lack of experience.
0: No, <laughs> I criticize because I care. I can. Like, I I'm more just
1: saying better. we know because that's a pretty normal thing for JRPGs <laughs> where it goes from like looks really really good to there's sections where you're like. I think the budget might have started running out around this part. Yeah.
2: You can tell where they would prioritize certain conversations. Like it's just an NPC for a side quest. And they're like, yeah. minimal effort, guys. We're really working on that big, you know, giant boss fight. So, you know. Put- it's like how I remember back in the is, on this NPC.
1: It's like the PlayStation JRPGs. Like the <laughs> original PlayStation JRPGs where it was like, in retrospect, God, it looks horrible. And then you get to the CG cutscenes, You're like, oh, that's passable at least. well like
0: even at one point i was like talking with i was like i don't care about these npcs i'm not following the backstory too much and i go to like one character i'm like all right i'll ask you what's going on it doesn't even have voiceover it just goes into the and i'm supposed to read i'm like i'm not reading fucking text like i'm surprised
1: they do that because most games just go fuck it you're getting text
2: (laughs) yeah i am surprised at how little text there is in this compared to other (laughs) jrpgs like most npcs usually are text only like in yeah. most jrpgs because they just don't have the budget to do voiceovers for everything and i i keep talking to some npcs who are doing some stupid side quest and the whole thing is voice acted and i'm like what's going on like this makes no sense and it, like some side quests will go super dark and like meaningful and all this other stuff and i'm like what What just happened i thought i was collecting like four different flowers out in the grass and bringing them back. And now all of a sudden we're talking about the meaning of life. Like what Didn't just you happened? Play Witcher
1: three. Aren't you used to this? Yeah, but this is final fantasy.
2: <laughs> this is, they not told you it happen. was going to be a gritty one. You should have
1: been prepared.
2: <laughs> I thought when they meant gritty, it was like final fantasy 15 gritty where it's like the car can fly now. Like I just thought it was just going to be that.
1: No, it's, it's yeah. final fantasy six <laughs> midway through the game. When the continent rips apart gritty.
0: That is Man. yeah actually but. I I am liking the story. Sorry, excuse me. I am liking the story of the game so far. So like totally, totally still enjoying it. But like some of the polish is starting to wear off and like I'm starting to see some cracks. Still enjoying it, though, and like totally recommend it. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the inevitability of a game that long, too. Like I've played net, mm-hmm. once I finish this probably third by Thursday or Friday, I'm going to have played nine trails games as much as I love this series playing mm 400ish hours of gameplay you start to go yeah that's an issue yeah that's an issue i still love you
0: but that's an issue i was going to just i was going to circle back and i was thinking to chris what happens is after he's played these four hundred hours of trails games, he gets the new one and he hates it.
1: <laughs> you say that it has crossed my mind at least a couple of times. Going, what if like, this is the one that finally sucks? What if this is my Mass Effect Andromeda where I go,
0: <laughs> No Or even still if it's actually a good game, but he's just so burnt out on trails that he's just like, No, that is not I don't want to happen. <laughs> Well, I just, so I, I am out like of
1: my entire group that we watch Marvel movies and I am the least burnt out. So trust me, I yeah,
0: know. Is true. Like I said, also that... least not that he's not burnt out, but he's the least. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, I'm burnt out to the point that like, I don't know, like I'm not head over heels excited for every movie, but I'm every movie we go into. I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. It's just now I'm, not, is, like, cool. I'm not like, oh, my God, guys, two months until X. Now it's more just like, oh, yeah, it's fucking this weekend. Let's fucking go watch it. I can't wait. Nice. <laughs> well, everybody else is I'm, like, yeah,
2: sure, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm get, yeah, I'm at that point. I feel like it. Some of the movies, no, but some of them, I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, what else am I going to do on a Thursday night? Come on. <laughs> I'm selective
0: now, yeah, with my Marvel movies. Like, the last one I went to go see was Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, that was. Oh, and that was a good one.
1: Doesn't um, and then, Secret like, Invasion finish this week, Chris?
2: It does. It does. It's like and finally my binge that too? is so here, and then it's slowly like, uh, oh, no. It's not like it's <laughs> bad, but it's definitely been like, oh, okay, right. It's a Disney Plus show. Got it. Yeah, I'm just getting, getting, getting burnt burnt temporary out, like, expectations
1: where you realize, oh, yeah, budget.
0: Yeah. It's not even that. I just, like, it's getting so... Like, it has... It's, it's falling to the same trappings that comic books themselves have, where there's just too much backlog, too much work that, I, like, I can't jump in. Like, one of the things that I think Star Wars does very well is that Star Wars has natural on ramps and off ramps that you can come in, hang out for a bit. And then when you're done, you can exit. You get a complete story. And then if you want to jump in like this looks interesting, jump on this and then you can get out. Like I always say, like, start with a new hope because a new hope is like a one undone movie. You can say I saw Star Wars. I'm good. I don't need to see anything else. It's a complete story. But then if you like it, you can stay on stay on the highway and then take an off ramp at Return of the Jedi. From there, you can then go and either do the prequels and there's an on-ramp that you can take and watch the first three and then get off. Like, you can, there's so many points that you can come on and come off without having to, like, know the whole backstory. Whereas comic books is like, if you ain't, like, done the the 300 hours of homework, then get fucked. You have no idea what's going on. It is the Rush like, of
1: war, right? Because, like, now that I've also played all the original Trails games, too, as the video game example of this, hmm. now that I've replayed most of four now, and I've gotten all the crossover material that happens in that. Mm -hmm. It definitely, like I said in the video that it doesn't really matter where you start, as long as you pick an arc and start at the first game. Mm -hmm. I still agree with that, but don't get me wrong at the same time, replaying four in full and knowing everything now does make certain moments stand out a little bit more because you understand what their value is. But at the same time, like there's still jumping points there and it's still worth it in the end, whether or not you, go through the, the crux of, or the entire thing or not, as long as you have like some sort of a starting point. Marvel is sort of similar as there, there are certain jump in points there. You're obviously going to miss something, but I mean, that's, that is the case when you're talking about what 30 movies now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are certain points after each Avengers, you can basically start again and, and you'll have like somewhat of a point, but realistically speaking, you know, if if you want to get the most of it, you start from the beginning, but Not everybody can do that. That's why I try not to be the person to be like, oh, you got to watch all of this in order to get into this thing. It's like, bro, like, here's a decent point. If you don't want to watch the entire thing, go start there.
2: Yeah. Adam, I'm pretty sure that the 10th Trails game is going to be where it opens with a character you've never met before. He was having a dream. I mean, that
1: is possible. There are new characters. There is four pathways in that game. Three of the lead characters from the last three arcs and then a new arc.
2: So okay, well, there's they're only doing one like the, um,
1: and it's not, it's not quite like the 13-2 uh, like, time travel thing, but there is definitely a point where you can just select where you want to jump into. So you can pick oh, well, certain arcs over the other if you want to. If you really like playing the Cold Steel characters the most, then you can start with them and get their stuff going. So that's, that's apparently yeah. what I've, like the very little that I've read up on that game is that it's allowing you to at least like, pick your spots.
2: Oh, well, so all you, of that was a lie. Because it's just one guy who wakes up, all nine games were a dream. Okay? <laughs> they don't actually matter. Guy gets I mean, up, we are talking a JRPG. Normal that
1: is always a possibility.
2: Well, he puts on his very normal clothes because he just lives in modern-day Tokyo, normal guy, and he goes to work. And that's the game.
0: Oh, it was so, all I, didn't know, I didn't know
1: uh, Trails and Persona were crossing over. All right. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: I was gonna say is, is his job working the club that we talked about last week? Oh, that'd be cool. But no, he just <laughs> works in a cubicle. The game's very boring. <laughs>
1: shit i'll take a fighting um, game that crosses over persona trails and yakuza that sounds like a blast
2: no 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 it's not trails into reverie it's trails into reality and it's just normal reality guy
0: trails was into dreaming reality about reality is years.
1: what happens every time i turn my console off okay
0: speaking <laughs> of games taking detours from their formulas uh this week i wanted to kind of talk to you guys about something that i was thinking about playing final fantasy 16 uh, i was thinking about like a lot of the a lot of franchises that we've known that have been very popular have kind of taken a bit of a a detour and moved away from what was their former formulas and and kind of reinvented themselves. And I was wondering like, how you guys feel about that? Like, is it a betrayal to fans when they kind of deviate from their formulas to kind of cater to new audiences? Or is this like a healthy thing to kind of keep a franchise alive? So I was playing, you know, Final Fantasy 16, which is a huge departure from, other jrpgs and the fact that it's pretty much not even an rpg at this point um i was thinking like legend of zelda deviated quite a bit from its formula with uh, breath of the wild tears of the kingdom kind of stays in line with the breath of the wild open world formula but it's a huge departure from what zelda games previously were uh even things like god of war kind of had a huge like detour from it and so like how do you guys feel like do, is this something that you know is a betrayal to? fans of the game because like i know some people aren't jiving with the new formulas as much as they did with the old ones like what do you guys think
1: uh it's it's the case that we always run into with a lot of things where it really depends on what the license is what situation it's in you know what change are they actually making because i think it's really dependent on does it work because a lot of times you'll see companies do things to change it as a way to revitalize something or, or, or like put a breath of fresh air into something. And that doesn't always work. And sometimes these changes are also done out of necessity because, especially for a lot of licenses that we grew up with, the change to 3D made a lot of things have to change because there just wasn't any way around it. You know, some of them came out very well with it, like Mario did, but we haven't seen Bubsy in forever and we know why that is. So mm-hmm. sometimes... Changing up the formula is a death sentence. Sometimes it is what makes a game from already, you know, good to legendary status. And in some cases from legendary status to forever God status, which is Mario being the prime example from going from Super Mario World to 3D or mm-hmm. 64, I guess, technically. But to going from 3D is really like the big change that you you would come to for like right off the bat going. That was when they massively changed the formula because they literally had to graphics you were not going to make a side scrolling mario game in 3d it just it wouldn't i mean they could have done it but it would not have worked out the same way it just would have looked off in mm-hmm. those days
2: especially with that n64 controller <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um i definitely agree uh, with what adam's saying uh because it 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 is kind of like, yes, the technology is evolving, so you should use it or else people are going to be like, oh, these people aren't going to, you know, the developers aren't putting in effort or something like that. Um, but also it's it's tough because you take these franchises, a lot of them have been around since the 80s. So you have people playing them that are 40, 50, 60 years old. But also there's those people online that I hate where they're talking about their first console when they were four years old and got a Nintendo Wii. And then I realize how old I am compared to them. But It's true because, you know, for them, they didn't play NES. They look at that and they're like, why would I touch that? That is stupid. That is an old game. Um, So you kind of also have to always be not catering, but also welcoming to newer gamers who are used to the newer technologies and the newer way of more modern games. Um, and, And it is tough because... How do you kind of do both of those? Because you're going to have people that are going to be pissed that it's different, but you're also going to have people that are like, why am I playing a game that feels so slow because it's turn-based and I literally have to choose with words on the screen if I'm going to attack or use magic or use an item, why can't I just press X and attack like I'm there, like every other game I played recently? So it is hard to kind of find that balance. And yes, some games do it well, some don't and then some other games i feel have like a kind of a different approach where they have multiple games going in a series and one is very much kind of the original way and then one is the more like big flagship new way of kind of doing it too like for a
1: while you had like say like assassin's creed where it was doing its open world third person thing and then they had the side scroller games they would put on the side so they had like Stuff like that, where in the where you have that Pokemon is a great example of that, where they just basically have done everything. Like you had Pokemon <laughs> yeah. Snap, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Puzzler, uh, Pokemon Pinball. Pinball, Pokemon Puzzle League, Pokemon yeah. Trading Card. Pikachu
0: Detective, detect, yeah, Detective Pikachu. Uh, hey yeah, yeah, Pikachu. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Pokemon Go. Yeah. Maybe, po- Pokemon they've Pokemon tried Pokemon everything. On. It, it Pokemon really depends Turbo too attacks. on like
1: how big the franchise is too, because it also tells you it also gives you like insight of how much room you have to work with because you always want to be, especially if you're one of the bigger franchises out there, you want to kind of be on the cutting edge. You want to be constantly evolving before you get lost in the shuffle, which is why you've seen certain games like say Medal of Honor who missed the jump and Call of Duty took over. So you have like Hmm. things like that where you got to be careful too because if you stick to what's, if you stick to what's worked for you, it might work for you in the short term. But if you don't evolve fast enough, you may get overtaken not every game can be the same thing over and over again. Like there are very few games that are like dynasty warriors and they are still very niche, even though that those games are literally almost carbon copies of themselves. They do very well in the niche market that they have. You could even make an argument that sports games, if we're talking EA sports are a lot like this, where they don't really change the formula much, but it seems to work for them. But that's a very small case. Not every game is going to evolve to like a drastic degree, Whereas there are some games like I'm convinced today, like here's a great example. Pull off right off the bat. Grand theft auto does not exist. If it stayed the way it was back in the PlayStation days, we would not be talking about that series
2: at all. If it stayed
1: the top down that it was.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I think you make a great point there in that if like the case of like, what makes you want to change is like, whether you are happy with the niche stable audience that you have Or if you're looking for it to grow, because like you're saying, like Dynasty Warrior, FIFA, like those kind of games, they were kind of sitting in their own. They have like their own little bubble. They're happy. They've got their dedicated audience, but like they're not growing. They're not, you know, coming up in popularity. Whereas I think of things like, you know, Final Fantasy 16, like I think that is the most successful or like the highest selling Final Fantasy game to date. And, like, yeah, they've they definitely
1: whole- gone through the ebb and flows too with all the changes that they've done since 100. really 11. But I mean, if we're not counting the online games, like 12 was the first real mm-hmm. game that kind of went different to the traditional system. I mean, not around or around mm-hmm. the same time we had that uh Durgis Ereborus third, uh, like crossover game mm-hmm. for seven. So they yeah. started experimenting a little bit, and it definitely didn't jive with a lot of people. There was definitely a lot of pushback early on. And it's kind of come back in the last little bit, like 13 has its detractors, but also a lot of people got into the series because it definitely got a lot more linear again. So people felt like it was a little more easy for them to get into. 15 came out and then that kind of like brought a more casual audience in because it kind of looked a little more sort of realistic because you had cars and stuff. And then now 16's come out and it's basically gone, hey, we're Game of Thrones, come play us. And a lot of people have gone like, Sure.
0: Well, I think it's not just like it's Game of Thrones, but I think it's like, hey, we got rid of a lot of the JRPG stuff that like the tropes of JRPGs. I know which, I'm, I'm simplifying it a lot. A hundred percent. hundred percent. But I think like it, it's it brings in the new audience that hasn't tried it. Like, you know, the JRPG King here. But I think of also things like God of War, right? Like that God of War was a very immature, edgy, like 2000s style game that no offense, doesn't really resonate with like in this day and age, like you'd still get a couple people, you'd get like a small audience, but like the level of zeitgeist that God of war has now, like God of war, I would argue is one of, if not the PlayStation mascot at this point. And I don't think it would have been there if they had stuck with the formula that they had. So like by reinventing it and coming out with something new and fresh, it's going back to the idea of like on ramps, like it's a new on ramp where you can come in, Hey, we've changed things. It's brand new. It's a good way to come in. And so I think, yeah, like if if you want to stay loyal to the fan base and you don't want to change, you don't want to grow totally fine. But if you look, if you're wanting to go from here to here, like if you want to step up in terms of your renown, like that's the way to do it. Not saying it's a guarantee, but you have to make those changes in order to evolve and become a more successful brand.
1: Yeah. And there's always going to be risk no matter what that change is like. Mm -hmm. Even like it can't, it doesn't even necessarily have to be genre related, like graphical wise, like you can turn a lot of people off the extreme example when it came to attention that was brought to it was Wind Waker because a lot of people yeah. lost their mind when that game was announced <clears> because they're like, because wait, did, was Wind Waker before or after Twilight Princess. Before, before, I think. Before?
0: Yeah, it yeah. was GameCube
2: and Twilight was the Wii launch. Yeah,
1: that's right. Because a lot of people were going off of uh, Ocarina of Majora's Mask at that point, and as soon as they got this cel-shaded version of it, people lost their shit, which I also, in retrospect, think is hilarious given how cartoony Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> grasping at straws there.
0: It looks um, real at the time. Yeah. Circling okay, back to okay. Final Fantasy. yeah yeah, the
1: same way that we look at like say daytona usa as being real when we were playing those as kids yeah Um, those are real
2: cars that's what they look like ask elon (laughs) musk he made a truck that looks like it
0: true (laughs) life Um, imitates art
1: (laughs) but yeah like a lot of games will go through that sort of thing you know wind waker was the big one where i remember a lot of like a lot of my friends were visibly upset about that and then the game came out and everything was fine so sometimes it works out You know, and it ends up being something that people kind of either forgive or forget, or it ends up just being something that adds to it. You know, another one that I think of is, like, Resident Evil's had to reinvent itself twice already in its life cycle. Because the still camera, like, third-person style wasn't working anymore. Like, the technology was starting to move on, so Resident Evil 4 came out where it was a more fixed camera, a little more action-based. They went a little too far on the action side in five and six, so they went, okay, we're going to go back to a horror roots with seven. That's doing well again. I already get the sense with people with eight that they're already starting to get a little bit tired of it, which means nine's likely not going to get received very well if that's the normal Capcom flow of things, and then they'll have to do something new for 10. But like, that's a big part of it always is you kind of got to keep gauging things as they are. If it gets too stale, maybe that's the time to do it. And sometimes that kills you. Sometimes that makes you stronger. Sometimes that gives you a few more years to kind of whittle around and maybe, you know, fix yourself again. Or if you're Sega, you just release another old school Sonic game to make up for the last mistake you did and you just keep going. So it's all situational. It's really hard to like nail down when the right decision or when the right time to make a decision is. I think it just it's really dependent on your fan base, especially because some fan bases tend to be a lot more forgiving it really really depends on the situation and sometimes too like there are just certain drastic changes that just don't work like well i i don't know sonic what games- uh i don't know what sonic rare is- was thinking oh sorry if you guys finish your song i was gonna song.
0: say sonic sonic developers don't even live in a society they live in a box in a bunker underground they have no <laughs> access to the outside world they have no idea how sonic's being received they literally just do whatever like Sega's just like do whatever the hell you want and they don't know yeah, what the, the reception is Yeah the writers were
1: like is. reading a monster novel one day was like what if he turned into a
0: werewolf a werehog and they send that at... No, it's not even a werehog cuz were means man so that just means manhog Yeah They didn't yeah. need that
2: in the bunker, okay? They didn't have an encyclopedia. They didn't well,
0: know. The, the, so but like <laughs> what, what I'm saying is they just like they like whatever do whatever the heck you want. They have no idea what the reception is of Sonic. They're living in their own little abyss.
2: Yeah, they send it out and they're like, they're going to ask for a Dreamcast 2 soon because this must be doing so well they <laughs> keep asking us to make it. Yeah, oh my god. Sonic is a hey, horrible miss- example of reimagining. Oh, I made
1: a, I made a, a tier <laughs> list of like the good and the bads. Sonic is number one on the list because they've, not not because like they've made the biggest fail, but because they've made the most fails consistently. It's not like any one thing, although it's probably Sonic 06, let's be honest. But um i they know they sonic goes to the olympics is not really good either No, no. <laughs> but they repeatedly find new ways to fuck with their license and make fans go all right now i'm seriously done and then sonic generations comes out or sonic what was oh my god sonic mania comes out and everybody's like son of a bitch i'm back in
2: yeah that's me <laughs> That's me with superstars or whatever. That's later this year. I'm like, they've done it. They've got Lego Sonic DLC. They know what finally what we want. And then there's going to be Sonic Forces Unleashed Four or some crap. They're going to do something
1: so (laughs) dumb. Like they're going to be like, all right, here's Sonic. No, wait, no, never mind. We're going to get a Shadow the Hedgehog
2: too. Let's be honest. Ah, that's what's going to happen.
0: Um. Yeah. So, like, for me, I'm thinking like if we're talking about what increases your chances of success of like doing this reinvent like the ones that i think of that do really well are the ones that like don't lose the essence of what the game is about like what the gameplay is it's more about taking taking the essence of that game and applying modern aspects to it so like once again i think of like circling back because god of the wars is the one that i always come back to is like just an amazing reinvention of that of that game like they didn't change the game, the the essence of the game, like you're still brutal. You're still going around and like,
1: yeah, the combat's doing high. Like the
0: combat hasn't changed, but like it matured, it grew up. Right. And I think that's like, they didn't deviate. Whereas I think of something that like went too far. And I think of something like Assassin's Creed, where it just went too far in the other direction that it lost the essence of like, if you remember like Assassin's Creed prior to black flag, think like black flag was the first one where like it started occurring but like black flag like assassin's creed was a stealth action adventure like it was about sneaking stabbing it was not a high combat get in a scenario and fight off 20 people it could happen but like typically you were kind of boned if that happened like yeah was, you were trying to more avoid about, that yeah yeah and i th- and i think assassin's creed uh oh my god what's the one in france
1: oh you liberation uh, unity. unity
0: yeah like that one kind of went back and i still argue it was unity also didn't. a
1: gigantic mess upon launch
0: uh, don't let the hype get you it wasn't that bad but like i i think of like assassin's creed went too far in the other direction they're like hey open world rpg combat game and it like especially without how like stealthing is not even really a purpose at this point like i mean narratively it doesn't even make sense like stealth well, as action soon as they put
1: level liking? like counters on all the enemies you know now that it's supposed to be combat it's not mm-hmm. stealth
0: yeah I got so pissed when I was playing uh, Odyssey and I tried to go and stealth assassinate someone and I did everything right and I go and he just turns around smacks me upside the face and I'm like oh now I'm in combat It's like that kind of defeats what Assassin's Creed is yeah. um, so much so that they're actually going full tilt back to the stealth action adventure which is good because also fun fact uh
2: the games used to have assassins in them and they got rid of those after a while (laughs) yeah because even odyssey and valhalla it's like the assassins are there kind of doing their thing and you're just another person well this was
1: odyssey they had the excuse that this was pre-assassin order
2: that is true that is true and they did valhalla doesn't have that excuse i don't think no, you've got the character from this game, Basim. He's just in your camp with you, and you talk to him. it's like, oh, you're an assassin. That's cool. I don't get to play as you. I'm going to go ride my boat now and sing Valhalla songs. I don't know. I'm going like, to go, like, just axe 100
1: people to death.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. It's very God yeah. of War. It's basically God of War in the Assassin's Creed universe. Yeah. That's well, so, funny, because you were like,
1: mentioning, like, a modern take on things. Yeah. I mean, a great example... To, to make a really good pun with it, would be Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Because at that point, mm-hmm. before that, all the games were, were World War II shooters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for the exact reason that I said with Medal of Honor is gone, is because Call of Duty realized that you can't just keep doing M1, M1 Garand, you know, gunplay constantly. And they decided with the fourth edition to go uh, Modern, that just blew up.
0: Oh, we have it's, a called, it's, called, it's called a Garand. I, I spent way too much money getting a history degree to to not get it to pay off. So mom, dad, it's paying off. Uh, yeah, it's called the grand.
1: All right. So the so the M7 <laughs> groomed, Uh
0: uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't want to. It's just I, I spent a lot of time and money getting that degree and I have to use it in some way. And it's finally <laughs> the one chance I've had to use my history degree and I'm using it right now. So don't don't belittle my degree
1: <laughs> but, but yeah like i don't even remember much of the original three games because i don't think they really had this like story emphasis like they had like bits of elements of a story but they didn't really go like too deep and then modern warfare came out and it had a what ended up being a three-part story down the line that had serious um, like serious tense moments i mean one of one of the things i remember was the mission where you are um uh prices i think like his mentor Macmillan, where you do that just it was one of the first main instances of a stealth first person shooter mission where you were slowly going on taking guys by bit bit by bit sniping here and there silenced and just like the tension that that built as you were like trying really hard not to be spotted or trying to time everything correctly and then of course the infamous nuke moment in that game where it definitely like made people realize, oh shit, you can storytell to this extent in first-person shooters, which wasn't really a common thing. I think Red Faction might have done that beforehand, but Red Faction was still a lesser-known name. They also yeah. screwed it up with uh, Red Faction Guerrilla later on, so there's another change of uh, of things that didn't work out for them. But like Call of Duty really put it on the table for people that there is a hell of a market out there if you can find a way to take single-player first-person shooters and put nice stories on it and of course i guess it helps when your multiplayer ends up being one of the best that, say, that have been in a, in a quite some time
0: i was gonna say i think you're thinking of it like i think you're putting the cart before the horse i think because both call of duty and um Medal of honor both had great campaign stories i think what elevated modern warfare was the multiplayer i think the multiplayer was what was revolutionary because yeah
1: but their single player also killed any chance Medal of honor had of being different because they were doing both well
0: Oh, 100%. But I think, like, in terms of reinventing themselves, I think it was the, the multiplayer, not necessarily the, the, well, you, the you single can, player. Well, you
1: can't necessarily say the change was nearly as drastic in the multiplayer, because, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't really change too much with the first-person shooter multiplayer until you get into, like, the Titanfall era stuff where you're now doing the wall jumps and things like that. Because, I mean, sure, like, there were the helicopters you could call in and stuff like that, but, again, it was still yeah, the mostly Kill sticking with the formula. yeah.
0: No, I think the killstreaks, I think that's where they were kind of introduced, because I don't think there was killstreak bonuses. No, but I don't think killstreaks
1: are nearly as drastic as, like, that really heavy, like, actual, like, well, like, almost like a drama storytelling that they were doing, too, because there were moments here and there with the original three games, but they were nowhere close, and it really made them to the point of, like, people noticed, because... I mean, most people were just playing them because they were just solid first-person shooters. I never heard anyone talk about a single moment in Call of Duty 1, 2, or 3. It was just good. And then 4 came out, and the multiplayer was incredible. And then people were like, holy fuck, that nuke moment. Or in the second game, no rush in. It just started a trend now where, unfortunately, they also went to the point that it got stale where they were just like, oh, so you got to do something shocking in each game. It's not necessarily true, guys.
0: I'm going to I'm going to just with the with the story. I think you're doing a disservice to like the Brothers in Arms series from 2005, because like that game had. An I mean, I could say I'm doing
1: it. a disservice, but give me a, give me a good chunk of people that play video games and tell them how many of them vaguely remember that series. Unfortunately,
0: it's no so good. It needs to come back. I
1: it agree. Does. But it also is very well forgotten. Even that was also I a game that, was that honor, in my opinion.
0: That was also a game that kind of missed an opportunity, like in terms of reinventing, because I don't know if you guys remember this, but you had this gritty sort of like a band of brothers style game. Mm-hmm. And they were going to do a multiplayer hero shooter co-op game. If you guys remember that. I do. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't think
1: it was going to be a good idea and it never made the lights. So it's probably for nobody the best. did.
0: I kind of feel like a brothers in arms games would do really well in this age. I feel like that the distance from like world war two has kind of been enough that like people would feel fresh if you again, it feel fresh again, especially if you came in and did like a single player style story. Well, that's that the gameplay. thing too.
1: Like, I don't think cause there are, a, there are a thousand multiplayer games that do different time periods. So there's just no point in trying to take that market. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, if anybody's going to bring a first person shooter back to really do something, you have to do something story wise with it to really get yeah. the attention. Cause Multiplayer wise, you're not going to compete at this point. Like, I don't see what another company could do. Like, Medal of Honor, uh, Barther and Arms, or say, like, even like, you know, we talked about, um, oh my God, not Black. What was the, uh, Mag? There we go. The really, yeah. long, the big one. None of those games are going to be able to do anything. Even if we want to go to, like, Kill Zone, like, th- there's nothing that those games are going to be able to do to take away your Call of Duties, your Battlefields, and then obviously all the other, um, you know, Fortnite battle Royale games either. And if you're looking for like even co-op first person shooter, destiny's got that shit taken care of. So you, you're really going to have a difficult time getting through that market. So, and we've talked about it before too. Single player experiences seem to be where a lot of the core attention is coming from again. So maybe that's the route in. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back uh, back to things that are uh, completely changing formulas. Let's go, let's go back to something that also didn't work very well. You want to talk about a random one? Let me throw a random one at you. So, I want to hear this. The, one of the biggest arcade games in all of history. And then we went to a point-and-click game with Pac-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have saw that one coming?
2: Yeah. That is true. That is true.
1: Because there are some like... I don't even know if I consider that bad. I think it was just like, what? (laughs) You know, that's honestly like, I think those are, I mean, that's better because it's funnier to talk about that. Like, you know, what's what's the point in talking about, say, a Mortal Kombat Special Forces? Like, it's just bad. It's just purely bad. There's nothing to talk about. At least with Pac-Man 2, you're like... Wasn't it fucking weird when they took one of the biggest arcade games of all time and decided, "Hey, let's do like a kids' style like
0: point-and-click adventure game." Well, I mean, that goes back to the whole thing of you know to do it successfully, you have to keep some aspect of yeah the the, the spirit of the game, and that just kind of said, yeah, the hey, spirit they that.
1: kept was that Pac-Man has to run from shit. That was about the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: yeah, why Miss Pac-Man was so successful? They went back to their roots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She, knew, she didn't forget where she came from.
2: <laughs> yeah, she knew. She's like,
0: put on her bow, went to work. That's what she did. <laughs> waka waka, motherfuckers,
2: let's go.
1: Because, <laughs> like, in general, like, do you think that changing genres entirely is a good idea for any game that is already popular? Unless we're talking if you're doing both. But, like, if you were straight up to shift from, like, let's just say for the sake of it, you have... Let's let's do Assassin's... No, not Assassin's Creed. That doesn't work.
0: Um... Breath of the Wild is probably one that did, like, a massive shift. Nah, I guess that's not even a massive shift. It's still shift, not that... really,
1: because, I mean, it's it's no. an, it's still, like, the core of a Zelda game. It's just
0: yeah. a bigger map. But, like I, I'm trying to think of, like, a game that did a successful shift in terms of genre. I mean, Legend of Zelda
2: did, but back when it was Ocarina of Time, kind of like the whole thing with Mario 64, there was always a top-down dungeon crawler, and all of a sudden it was this full
0: 3D but all creative time Man, is just linked to, it's just links to the past in 3D that is like i would true. say the biggest the biggest true. change would be when it went from like legend of zelda 1 to legend of zelda 2 and it went to a side scrolling game that and that did not do as well it did not yeah. do well like i'm trying to think is there a game that has transcended genre i mean resident evil I, 7 I can, I can
1: give you i can person. give you t- one for sure
0: okay
1: actually i can give you two at this point even okay. though it's been a little bit slow. But the one that I can think of immediately that has completely shifted to genres, Metroid does comes to mind with, with going from Super Metroid and those games to Prime, where it was completely first-person. I mean, mm-hmm. it's keeping the shooter part of it, but it's not really the same because it's so much different. The big one that comes to mind would be Fallout.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Because be I think isometric also top um, down.
1: Syndicate was similar yeah. to that, although Syndicate's not as big a name. But, like, yeah. Fallout was literally a strategy game or a top-down, like, game, I think, and it went straight yeah. into first-person shooter, like, it yeah. was nothing, so.
0: But I think that's, it also did it that it brought, because, like, I don't think any, like, there's gonna be people oh, I knew, shut up, no, you didn't. Like, so Fallout was an unknown entity prior to Fallout 3, and Fallout yeah. 3 put it on the map. They and knew I think what that, it like,
2: was, but that was it.
0: yeah. But, I mean, it still stays with the core value of, like, hey, here's a post-apocalyptic adventure, go explore kind of thing. Yeah, so, I don't know yeah. if there's
1: one that literally changed everything in no. and, and Survive. It's oh, mostly, no. like, they changed something drastic. Like, World of Warcraft would also come to mind, I was mind, just about too. to say, World
2: hmm. of Warcraft was, yeah. like, RTS strategy game, and then it became, like, this third-person MMO. Like, same world, all that, but definitely a huge change in genre. And it's not like they were still making... Warcraft 4 or something on the side for everybody who loved that. It was like, "No, mm-hmm. if you love these characters, you know, pay monthly and go do this instead. Go go mm-hmm. go do it." Money, <laughs> money. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a that's a good point. The other one I was thinking is uh when Mega Man went to like the Mega Man 64. I yeah, forget what the game was called. Yeah, that was Legends, that was yeah. on the list. Yeah. 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 That was because, like, they're out.
1: all they're all still keeping something that made it popular. Because I mean, with Fallout, it's still the post-apocalyptic. With Warcraft, mm-hmm. they basically kept the characters and the world intact. They just made it an online game. Mm-hmm. Um Mega Man Legends, you were still Mega Man, like that never changed. Mm-hmm. You still were fighting robots and and shit, so that never changed. It was just the gameplay that changed. I don't know if there's one that literally changed everything about it.
2: Would Donkey Kong Country count? I'm trying to think, because that was like an arcade puzzle game, Donkey Kong. I
1: feel like that's not a a good example, only because back then they didn't really have, like, the ability to carry, like, a real image. Because, like, Mm -hmm. Donkey Kong was literally just a game about you jumping over barrels. Like, we're talking about the real... That, w- that would be like if we just took Pong and we're like, yeah, they turned Pong into Animusha. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it just doesn't exist in that way. So it's, it's that is true. one of those where it's like, I'm really trying to think if there's an example I just bring that this does that.
0: I just want to bring this up for show and tell because it's relevant. Look what I have.
1: Oh, fair this enough.
0: Old Donkey Kong game and watch Whoa. right there. See?
2: Donkey Kong Country but different (laughs) because i think
1: more often than not the the exceptions that are the really biggest of changes generally don't survive because they end up being done more out of desperation than they do anything Mm else
2: yeah mario's done a lot of changes but it was always kind of like side games like you'd have your core platformer mario then they went 3d and then they were like also here's golf and kart racing yeah RPG but, like, the and difference also was no is they were always
1: doing something along with yeah. the major titles that weren't really yeah. changing they too didn't
2: much. stop the major titles because yeah. i mean
1: like they've always had drastic changes in some aspects like obviously going from super mario world to 64 and then going to sunshine where you had a complete difference in with the i forget the name of the um the spray thing that's on your the backpack or whatever there and then going to spray. galaxy where it completely changed how you play that game and even odyssey has its own different changes with the hat throwing mechanics and, and stuff like that but for the most part like pokemon again like i mentioned earlier does that but they always still kept their core games going yeah the mm-hmm. only times yeah. that i can think of and they're all bad the two that stand out to me would be Star Fox Adventures, which drastically changed what That was were, awful. And, and it yeah. was terrible. And then any Mortal Kombat side game that was not a mini game, like, like Mortal uh, or like, um, oh my god, Mortal Kombat. There we go. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like Special Forces, uh, Mythology Sub-Zero, Shallon Monks. Shaolin Monks was okay. That was probably the best out of these three examples, but they all like drastically changed what they were and they all utterly failed. Yeah. Star Fox adventures. No one talks about that game apart from people who want to draw furry art. That's about it. And the, the other one I can think of too is a Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts, which I don't think anybody played that game and went, you know what I want? I want car building mechanics in this game.
2: Yeah, they just the that one was like they kind of kept the same game and just added a horrible mechanic to it. Yeah,
0: and it was ugh.
2: What the Man, hell
0: are you doing? You unlocked a, like an old memory of me for Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub Zero because I had that game. It's yeah, I mean, so
1: dude. unbelievably, impossibly difficult. Yeah,
0: I yeah. had it for the N sixty four, and I lent it to a buddy of mine and his older brother. I think sold it for drugs or something like that. <laughs> And now so I, they still I,
2: had it. Go get it, man. That's one of the No, no, no. When I
0: was when I was a kid, like I was like, hey, where are you having? It's like I don't know. My brother borrowed it and never had it again. So I don't know what happened to it. Mm. So, but I don't even Damn. remember playing. Like I don't remember it like this.
1: Like oh, I tried. In theory it was myself. a great idea. They were like, hey, let's make a like story driven like platformer with the Mortal Kombat fighting system, and then they forgot. Oh yeah, our characters never had to turn around back then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then like they're like, they all right, so you're
1: gonna fight, the but if you want to turn around, you have to hit the B button on the N64 controller. And we were all like, <laughs> couldn't I what? just hit the D pad? Like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. the B button. Also, you're not gonna have your
2: freeze power at the start of the game, but you're Sub Zero origin story. That's why Adam, it's an origin story. But he's already called Sub Zero he has to awaken i don't know i got it, it was just coincidental
0: that like the powers he got happened to be related to like thing it just worked out yeah and he already had Yeah, the somebody just, just foresaw convenient.
2: what he was
1: going to be and just were like yeah you probably will throw some ice shit sometime
2: <laughs> your no, name's it's just like, and this is your cool blue outfit
0: yeah all right <laughs> you're, you're just sub zero and here's blue and they're like oh man i shoot ice man that's a happy accident like cool As a side note,
1: which copy did you have? Was it the N64 or the PlayStation version?
0: N64. Then you had the inferior
2: version. Yeah.
1: What makes it inferior? I'm sure. You want want to go down a real rabbit hole? Go look up the live-action cutscenes they did for the PlayStation version of that game. They are fucking funny.
2: oh that's right they wouldn't even have had those on the n64 card. i
1: remember too i can't remember was it armageddon it was one of the uh the ps2 mortal kombat games because they had like the crypt where you could unlock all this stuff they had the yeah. reel from that game from all the recordings of that game It's so funny the fact that like a guy really tried his best like this random guy they must have pulled off the street to be Quan Chi and he had to be like (laughs) so terrifying and he did so terribly but it's like the good kind of terrible like the guy who plays Shinnok is like this like he sounds like your grandpa he doesn't sound (laughs) like an elder god at all it's so good. Like, seriously, even like if anybody also wants to even get like a good idea of just how bad this game was, look up Pro Jared's video on it. And like, he gives you a pretty good look of A, how stupidly hard that game is, B, how stupidly dumb the game is, and B, how stupid, and C, how stupidly funny the game is. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there any other examples you guys can think of that were done really, really
2: well? No. Of where it's like a full change in genre? No.
1: Or even like like a small change, because like Burnout 3 takedown also comes to mind, because when they added the takedown system, which suddenly made that game completely different, it became more than just a racing game. And that's what most people remember about Burnout was knocking guys off the road and seeing like that cool camera shot of the car just crumbling.
2: Yeah, like Resident Evil going first person in seven. That was the first time they went first person. It was always like a third person kind of view and it went really well for them especially all the vr videos online of people trying to play and how scared they get they're very funny um you've got that and then obviously anything like the n64 ps1 era where everything went 3d there is a lot that did it well that was probably the biggest first real jump just because the technology jumped as it did you got the marios you've got the zeldas heck you even have like kirby 64 and everything that like went you know 3d and then you have the bad ones like you mentioned bubsy adam
1: yeah like you really look Um, at that point in history that's where so many franchises had to change up the game and it really told us which ones were gonna like so many franchises either hit their stride became undeniable and literally can't do anything wrong unless you're sonic in which case i don't know how you're alive you're like a cockroach in the gaming industry or you are like your Bubsies or your Earthworm Gyms where you just, you died, oh, yeah. you're done, you yeah. died. You died of a yeah. very quick, but still painful death.
2: Yeah, those ones did not do it well. I'd say the first big one was like going to 3D and then at some point it was like going open world or like opening yeah. game. Multiplayer it feels was like a big change too. Oh, and multiplayer. Yeah. You start,
1: like, once you started having like more online capability... Yeah, because then you had capability. like obviously with yeah. Final Fantasy XI was their big foray in, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we said World of Warcraft, then you started seeing a lot of like like Unreal uh, tournaments. Like you started getting all those games making the runs in. Like Wolfenstein, you, like people forget Wolfenstein 3D isn't the first Wolfenstein. No.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like, wait, yeah. it's not. No, it's not. Go go look up the first Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. It's interesting. Um. But even, like, Prince of Persia is another, like, one where, like, the chance yeah. to transition to 3D. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, Pac-Man, going back to Pac-Man. He's got some weird 3D games now. Dude yeah, was literally, movie. like, yeah, he literally went up and down to eat pellets. Now, all of a sudden, he's got, like, a house and a family, and he's in a 3D <laughs> world. Crazy. Because uh, it
1: seems like there were two real points where franchises, like, decided whether they were going to be... Big players or not, the 3D was a big one, and then online play seemed to be like the the second nail in the coffin. Yeah. I think now we're getting to a point where it's also now it's not it's not like a genre changing thing, or it's not like a game changing. Now it's a reputational thing where now a lot of companies are starting to figure out if their games can survive by them getting too uh, too greedy. So it's it's mm-hmm. now it's a weird like. Drastic change in the way that a lot of games are being microtransaction written or your battle passes or your always online stuff. So now we're starting to get into that age where now we're seeing another test of time for some series. And this time it's a monetary change rather than it being anything really gameplay wise. So it's interesting now. Like, we, I don't know if we have this conversation say a decade from now and talk about it too differently because I don't think nearly as many games are going through like the level of transitions that we see now with a lot of the games that we've talked about. Cause I mean, back then, like the industry was still sort of building itself out to what it is today. So Mm -hmm. it was really, it was really a a time of testing. Now it seems like most things have found the footing that they want. And now it's a matter of, okay, it's an arms race to who, who can get the most money out of people. And it seems like now more often than not, the big drastic changes are coming from either your Kickstarter projects from people that used to work on old franchises that are dead and buried or people that are taking, like, the indie version of something and then doing something completely different with, like, with Stardew Valley, for example, taking over what Harvest Moon used to be. I don't know if a lot of big franchises now, apart from, like, the ones that are never going away, like your Sonics, your Marios, you know, those are the ones that are going to be able to make those drastic changes and be fine. I don't know if too many companies now are going to make, like, that level of a drastic change anymore because it just it's now it's so financial to shareholders and everything else i don't know if you're going to see that nearly to the extent that we used to
2: that we used to no probably not like i we'll see it every now and then like resident evil and stuff but that like those are examples of franchises that needed it because like resident evil 5 not as well liked, still liked but nowhere near as the first four six horrible and they were like we have to do something drastic it was almost needed
1: yeah more often than not we're going to look at more minor changes probably
0: yeah whereas i I think you'll get more reimaginings right like i think even if you look at something like saints row like i think what it is is that i think we're going to look at back and we're going to find franchises that were probably more immature more simple and kind of take it into a more like kind of bring it up to a modern standard and i think of things like like saints row like it kind of got way over the top and then they just did a reimagining so i think yeah we're gonna get fewer like i think we're gonna get more and more reimaginings in terms of changing the gameplay to kind of reflect you might even get more reverse it's...
1: changes back like you might start seeing more games do you know obviously like retro like, what sonic keeps doing every other game because they realize they mm-hmm. screwed up again but like i know i'm pretty sure they did it not too long ago but like castlevania for example it would be really cool to see like an older like An old school pixelated, like just really high quality pixel art like Castlevania game. I mean, we know we had that with um Bloodstained, I think it was.
2: Bloodstained, yeah. That's a game. Also, Dead Cells, uh, an indie Metroidvania game has official Castlevania DLC now. So it's not like these companies don't know that, you know, the their genre of game, the old way of doing it is um, you know not well loved they know how well loved all of it is and and they're mm. even jumping in now with other people kind of like with um like legend of zelda and stuff while they're working on the main games they're still starting to give it to other genres like the the dancing rhythm game yeah, and a Crypto of the
1: Necrodancer.
2: yeah crypt of the dancer um, but they did like a zelda one hyrule one yeah yeah or called? something hyrule dynasty warriors dynasty warriors they've given you know So they're they're kind of doing things on the side, a lot of these companies, but they're keeping their major franchise thing. If it doesn't need rebooting, they're leaving it, which is good because I was worried for a while. Everything was going to go either open world, live service or a battle royale. And we were going to be like, oh, Mario Kart, but it's not normal Mario Kart. It's a battle royale only. And here's your battle pass. And yeah. Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule. That's
0: what it was. That's a game I want to try
1: because yeah yes. like here's a fun question because we're getting we're winding down here so if there was a game that you wish would reverse change and what's a game that you would like to see just do a change now because you think it's getting stale because to me my oh. obvious answer of going backwards is final fantasy i still want them to do what they're doing because obviously i want more people to get interested i mean look caitlin's suddenly playing a final fantasy game like that's that's awesome. a
0: bad sign that's a bad sign <laughs> But, you know you've yeah. gone too far when Kalen's on board.
1: I mean, also, like me, me and Chris are still going to keep beating the drums for make a third fucking chrono game, but we're never getting that. Yeah. So, like, I've also been like, I don't see why Square can't put a small team together and make, like, an old school. Like, I'm sure, like, people will say, well, Bravely Default. No, no, no. I want a Final Fantasy goddamn label on it. Yeah. And I want one that's literally your old school it doesn't have to be like pick i don't want like a super nintendo one necessarily but i want one that still just has the old school atb yeah because i think that that still works and that's and i still believe to this day like i know a lot of jrpgs now are going the more you know battle focused stuff i still think the reason that a lot of jrpgs work as well as they do is because they don't spend so much extra time trying to iron out the kinks of a buggy battle system when the system is so easily Tweakable when it's just fight magic, like trails like does a decent part of having just enough complexity to it, but not being too in depth that it, it suddenly means that it can break. So yeah, it's
2: all stats too, right? Like the it's advantage just- to
1: those is that the story does not suffer because the team can spend most of its time on that because that's where the focus is going to be. So not every game is going to be able to do what sixteen seems to be doing well. It's it's an it's an anomaly where you're going to have a game that seems to control pretty well but also has a really good story. It, not every game does that, because a lot of games have tried. I mean, look, if it worked as well as it did, a lot more people would be talking about the Tales games. I know Chris is a big fan of them, but not nearly as many people play Tales games in comparison. So it yeah. doesn't work for everybody. Same goes for Star Ocean. Those are games that you would think would be better off. Like, it's a space combat JRPG. Doesn't do a lot of numbers, though. So yeah, I, th- I think... The reason that I still want Final Fantasy to go back to its roots isn't because I don't think the new way that things they're doing are bad so much as I think they're at their best when they were doing it the previous way because the stories were at its best then.
2: Yeah, I kind of wish that they do kind of like what Legend of Zelda is doing because I know there's Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom and stuff like that, but it's not like they're not releasing Link's Awakening remake or the HD version of... Um, What's the one in the sky? Skyward Sword. Like, they're still giving fans access to the, you know, more traditional Legends of Zeldas, whether it's top-down or 3D. Um, And then also, here's your new major one. I, I do think that's kind of the best way to do it when you have multiple fans of different ages and genres. That, you know, have a Final Fantasy 16 that's action-based, and then have another Final Fantasy that's this traditional one, and it's just two separate games, and it's kind of like Call of Duty even does this when you think about it. They have the Modern Warfare, and then they have, like, the Black Ops set in, like, the 60s or something. Like, they don't just stick to only one thing. They kind of go back and forth to keep it interesting and kind of give everybody what they want. Resident Evil, here's your first-person game, but also here's Resident, 4, Re- Resident Evil 4 uh, Remake, where it's the old style, just a little more modernized, but still your old style. And then we just style. ignore
1: the side games like Outbreak.
2: Yeah, those don't exist. Operation um,
1: Raccoon City.
2: <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, I think that when you take these games, they are doing well. Final Fantasy sixteen, Breath of the Wild, obviously, and stuff like that. Don't get rid of the new way because it got you a whole bunch of new customers. Kalen's on board with JRPGs now. We finally achieved the status. The only reason I joined this podcast was this moment. Um, <laughs> you, it yeah, was like, like, it was like Sub-Zero. Super.
1: You foresaw the moment that was coming and you wanted to be present <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, but then there is other games that I don't think that works for. And that's like Assassin's Creed. They went one way. They took out assassins. They took out the stealth. They took out like the small city that you can like really learn to know mm-hmm. where things are. So you can like plan your attack to just giant open field with 500 enemies and you have an ax and go fight. They can and keep the spark kick locked. though. That shit was fun. They can kick. Yeah, they can keep that. Um <laughs> But really, it's just like they've lost their way and they know that they've gone too far in one direction and just kind of bring it back. They don't need to do both. You don't need like Valhalla 2 and this new Assassin's Creed Mirage. Like just kind of go back because you're only going to have the one game. But Final Fantasies, definitely have one of each. Square should do some turn-based games and then keep their Final Fantasy 16s. Resident Evil, Capcom, they're already doing it. They're smart. They know what the heck's up obviously they're probably shitting their pants with what do we do with resident evil nine? Do we stay first person or do we do, yeah, do that and then remake five and hope people like it. Like they're kind of at that moment where they've run out of, um, easy answers, but I mean, hopefully they, they know what to do next. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that the true answer is if you're a strong enough franchise where multiple releases could make sense Final Fantasy, Legend of Zelda's Mario games. I mean, they've kind of been doing it. They've got multiple versions. I'd love versions to see them take so another
1: much... crack at something like The Avengers of Link. I'd like to see them actually take another shot at that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think now would be the time. As long as they keep in I am error, I'm on board. That's all I care.
0: There's an NPC that says I am error. That's it. For me, Haley, is there I... anything
1: old school that you can think of that you want to go back to?
0: Yeah, so it's going to be a very unpopular opinion, but I would like to see Zelda go back to its roots ideally i'd love it to go back to um like a link to the past like that top-down cartoony sort of world i thought that was really cool i that for me is my favorite zelda game but i'd even take something like an ocarina of time kind of era for me just I, kind I find of losing, that the,
1: losing the big map i think you is probably what you're looking at
0: well like this is the big map but also having like more structure in terms of like Find this like make it almost like kind of like the Metroidvania that it was where it's like, oh, I found a bomb. I can now go back and blow this up and get access to this um and have like a progression of I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger um where I find the new Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom style is just I have everything at my disposal already. It's just, oh, I'm getting more hearts. I'm getting more stamina like it doesn't the gameplay doesn't change in the sense of like and I mean, Tears of the Kingdom, you can get them wrong. The gameplay doesn't change. You've seen an hour, you've seen ten, like if you've seen one hour, you've seen 20 hours of like Tears of the Kingdom in the sense of you're not the gameplay is not going to change. It's not going to, you're not going to get more tools at your disposal. No, no and, you and get
2: your abilities right at the beginning, basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I kind of like the old like progression level of A Link to the Past. Yeah, where you and feel like you're actually
1: growing as a hero.
0: Exactly. Like, and I want that like hero's journey of like, hey, start here, go here, that then lets you go there. Um, where, I don't know, I find that that's kind of been lost with the new ones. I just want it a little bit tighter. That's where I'm kind of feeling. And so I know it's probably not going to happen, though, the success that Legend of Zelda has, like I am in the minority and I'll play Tears of the Kingdom and I might be pleasantly surprised. It might change my opinion, but I feel like something was lost for Legend of Zelda when it went to that open world. Mm -hmm. Um, This is
2: where um, I feel like, yeah, like I think that kind of with what I was saying is they can keep Tears of the Kingdom. It makes way too much money. They're not going to get rid of mm. Breath of the yeah, Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Course. But also have new Zelda releases, not remakes, mm-hmm. not remasters, just brand new ones on the side.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: Nintendo, you're going to sell both. Like I'm going to buy both. Because mm-hmm. a Link to the Past and stuff, like those are... Probably my favorite versions of Zelda as well. I even <laughs> loving Tears of the Kingdom, I love it. But there's still something about the older games that I did love because of the progression and all of the stuff I mean that the Link's Awakening
1: before. remake kind of confirmed mm-hmm. that too. That people yeah. are more than people... okay with this being a thing. So like yeah. I think the last time they did a, a new one was like a Link Between Worlds, I think, wasn't it?
0: Uh yeah. No... Was... Oh, wait, was seasons. there one after? Wasn't, it? wasn't there seasons or whatever? Seasons
2: was Game Boy color yeah that
1: was like i'm talking like the most recent one like zelda um, a link between worlds was like 3ds 3ds and was mm. 2013 i want to say
2: yeah that was, it was definitely early 2010s
1: 200. it wasn't the late half
2: no 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 it yeah. was it and was i don't,
1: I don't think not counting week. like re-releases or remix i don't think they've done a new one in that style
2: no and if they're gonna do one in that style which i really do want them to do that because i think having both <laughs> would just print them money come on let's be honest um stop making it where it's like another sequel to a link to the past they keep connecting to it because they're worried if they don't make it like oh you're the same link from a link to the past it's just been six months because that's Mm -hmm. what links awakening is that's what a link between worlds is apparently it's all the same map same stuff just make a brand new one um Mm -hmm. and in that style make the graphics look beautiful and you're going to be fine yeah. So
1: I think, not unless, because I have no idea what this looks like, because I didn't even remember it came out, Triforce Heroes is probably the closest thing to a a not, uh, a not like 3D open world Zelda, and that was 2015. So it's been quite some time. It's been almost 10 years since we've had that style, not counting mm-hmm. remakes. Or re-releases, I should say.
0: Sorry, Triforce Heroes is what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the one you were thinking of. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's the kind of Zelda I like, and I kind of wish that nintendo would give that some love
2: they could do that they could release a 3d like ocarina of time sized 3d one just in modern graphics and do Mm -hmm. a breath of the wild style one and they could sell all three of those and just release one every year and just go around in a
0: circle and i i I, I worry that like an ocarina of time kind of thing would be too close to a breath of the wild that it would feel like the poor True. man's version and, like the then,
1: what, then there's an easy solution to that. You absolutely you drastically change the graphical style. So it looks massively different. Like you do a Twilight Princess, yeah. like super like darker and like more realistic looking version of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's a lot even... easier to separate. People will not will not look at games the same way if they visually look different.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Or even Wind Waker Toon Link. Bring him back
0: and do like a 3D Toon Link style one. Man, you really want to change it up. Imagine making like a Skyrim style legend of zelda oh i'm surprised no one's modded skyrim to do that i'm, I'm i've sure seen like some kind
2: of mods but it's more just you're the skyrim guy wearing Link's tunic and you just
0: yeah still
2: look like the skyrim dude but like um, a first person legend
0: yeah. of zelda game i'm just that imagining
2: somebody fair.
1: like overwriting the sound files with those foos bro Ha! <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah. yeah, they'd have to tone down the high eyes, I think with yeah, every swipe sure. of the sword in a first yeah. person. I don't know.
1: Uh, in term of games that I would like to see like a fantasy like re- like redo of there are two like I think that would come to mind too. Like they're all like personal ones for me. I think Kingdom Hearts as a turn based JRPG would be really interesting from the Disney perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you kind of see like what Mario's done with the Rabbids game. Like it's so interesting seeing it in such a different format that I'm even just thinking of like. You know, a turn based JRPG with you, you know, I mean, you might actually have a fighting chance to not make Donald look like an absolute friggin' idiot by uh, dying every five seconds to anything. And also, like, I the cool, like, ultimate attacks you could see, like, certain Disney villains do would be such an, a neat thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other cool. one,
1: again, because it's recent to me, I need Arc Systems Works, guys. I, I know you're busy probably doing like 7,000 other projects, but go call Falcom and make a goddamn Trails fighting game because. There are so many cool characters you could do with that. Holy shit. I know it's not popular enough, because I mean Persona was pretty big. Grand Blue Fantasy was pretty big. I mean the the closest thing we got was they, they did a um oh what was the name of it? It was like a blaze blue cross tag team battle and they got Ruby, like the te- like the Rooster Teeth like animated series. Oh. So like that was random, but even then, that still is quite popular. I don't know if Trails would quite qualify for that, but goddamn, I would. If if Guilty Gear fighting game, but Trails came out, I would, I would, yeah, I don't care what. If there was a collector's edition, I I would be total Kalen mode there and buy that shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For me, uh, game that I'd like to see like remade, I'd love to see them do something with like Syndicate. And I know they tried it with a first-person shooter, and I just think it didn't work out. But if you did, like, a third-person action-adventure of, like, Syndicate a la kind of, like, cyberpunk, I think that would do very well.
2: Honestly, I just, I just keep thinking of Chrono Trigger and Super <laughs> Mario RPG. I just want more of those. <laughs> I don't even want them to rem- just make new ones. It's been so long, it feels like a remake. Just make it. Just make. No remake. Just make.
1: Okay, you're going to you're going to get chrono you're going to get a chrono team racing and you're going to like it. I would love that.
2: I would <laughs> love things as all of them in a kart racer. So like of kart time kart sounds
1: racer. like an awesome race Yeah,
2: right? You could go through time and as you're driving it would like transition to from different, different all times. All right, fine.
1: It's going to it's going to be Star Fox but in the uh oh my god, what's the name of the the aircraft in that game?
2: The Ara. Uh, in Chrono something. Trigger. Oh my god, what's the name of oh, that aircraft? The, the Epoch? Or the Epoch? Yeah. The Epoch? Yeah. It's that? Okay.
1: It's just time travel flying. Actually, no, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be Star Fox. It would just be Pilot Wings.
2: As long as it's not Star Fox Adventures, bringing it all the way back to that.
1: I mean, Stupid. I mean, Ayla would fill, fill in for Crystal, I guess, sort of. That's true. K1's like, goddamn JRPGs.
0: Nerds. <laughs> it's your new and favorite one genre of us don't now I. deal with it i played one game and i'm not even finished it yet <laughs> and we've talked about how it's not actually even a jrpg no it is absolutely not that is one thing i'll say playing
2: this it is a final fantasy game or it feels like one but it is not a jrpg it is a final uh, fantasy western rpg so would you say yeah. that
1: was the big dramatic shift is final fantasy is no longer a jrpg
2: i wouldn't even say it's an rpg it's just a game that is true. There's very little RPGing going on. It's just an yeah. action adventure in Final Fantasy the, World.
0: Do you want the sword with the bigger number or the smaller number? That's pretty much the that's <laughs> the the RPG and the RPGing. I got another fun one. Yeah, well, as a,
1: as an aside game, I wouldn't want them to completely change all the games to be like this. I think a first person shooter on charter game would be fucking cool. Like you take see. the set piece that happens in the uh, in the fourth game where you're like being dragged under a car by by the rope. Imagine that in, like, first-person trying to shoot shit. That sounds like... Oh, my God, that would get
0: so disorientating.
1: (laughs) Because it's, like, it's not nearly as many, like, puzzle jumps, but it's more, like, similar to, um... Oh... I guess sort of, like, the Doom games in terms of how, like, their movement goes. Just a lot more of, like, the sort of, like, jumping around things. Like, you can still do the, um... Like, tying a rope around something and, like, gliding across or launching yourself... Over a gap, like I think that would be an interesting like side thing, because all I think of too is like missing how much the James Bond first-person shooters were like, and thinking like, well, oh yeah, those aren't coming back. So maybe you know, if un- if something like an Uncharted does something similar, because it's almost like an- a first-person Indiana Jones too, which just sounds like a lot of fun.
2: Oh yeah, Tomb Raider, but make it a cooking simulator. <laughs> Lara Croft is sick of going out, so it's we Lara called Croft that, that Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> actually that is accurate that is very accurate
1: <laughs> okay what, what's something absurd hmm what would be something really funny i was gonna say the murder of sonic the hedgehog kind of covers that already
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is true all that the
1: dating a- sim stuff has kind of solved that problem dead by daylight has one KFC has KFC's one. KFC's.
2: <laughs> that's the one. That's the yeah. genre crossing. No idea what's going on. All right, somehow it's collectively
1: come pick. up. What's the weirdest thing Mario hasn't done?
0: Martha, Mario Odyssey. Like, do like a Mario Grand Theft Auto. Like, make the Mushroom Kingdom just like CD underbelly. Yeah. yeah. M rated, <laughs> for Grand sure.
2: <laughs> see? We already have a name. That's perfect. There you go.
0: All right, I think that's a good. I think you know. What? I think we peaked right there. I think that's a good place to cap it off. If you guys have good suggestions for games, uh, we'd love to hear them. We'll read them on the show next week. Uh, if you want to submit those suggestions, you can reach us out on our link tree, forward slash play podcast. Uh, there you can find our Discord channel. You can find our Instagram. You can find our X. I guess it's called now. I don't know how that works. But the, the site that's
1: probably dying before this year's over.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: X Please the website on the most, <laughs> <laughs> It's the only
2: smart decision.
0: Anyways, you can find us there and you can always find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Pixel Play Podcast or on YouTube and Spotify. With that being said, I've been your host, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical, and Chris at Gin and Chris. We'll see you guys next week. Have yourselves a great day. Bye for now.